Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today, we are celebrating our first responders and our healthcare heroes. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit us at our website at bccma.org or you could always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. So good to see all of you on this beautiful, beautiful uh, fall day. Winter's not quite here, right? But it's so good to see all of you. And guess what we're doing today, right? Do you know what we're doing today? We're honoring our first responders and our healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers, and we're, we're saying thanks to them. I pr- appreciate we had several in the first service. Uh, how many of you are here today in the service and you are a first responder, fireman, EMT, police officer, or a, uh, a healthcare worker? Uh, would you stand? Uh, thank you for your service. God bless you. If you would, if you, well, I see you've already put the button on. We've given a button that says honored to serve. So if you wear that, then everybody knows who you are. And, and they, there's probably people with like $1,000. They just want to hand you. So if they see that, it, it might be helpful to wear that. But we're so excited to have our, our guest here today. We have uh, Chief Bill Kessler from Milford, Minden Fire Department here with us today. You'll be hearing from him a little bit later. We also have uh, uh, Senator Ryan Fatman's uh, legislative director here today and uh, 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 Jason King, and uh, uh, I've been bugging him for a long time with emails and things that I want done, and, and now we get to meet him in person, and so it's uh, really good to have you, and we'll be, you'll be bringing you up in a little bit. Before we do anything else, though, we're going to get to meet some other local healthcare heroes and uh, first responders via video, so let's roll the tape. <laughs> The problem is that this is an evolving situation. Literally every day we learn a little bit more about it. The United States is reporting the highest number of deaths in a single day, nearly 1,500. More than 77,000 new cases were reported yesterday. Because the U.S. just recorded its worst week for new cases since this pandemic began. More than half a million new COVID infections. has been very difficult on everyone and especially first responders. Obviously in trying to react to the challenges that the virus has brought on to us. It's really been incredible in my privilege to watch the team here at Milford Regional in terms of their response to COVID-19 because there's been no playbook for it. Not knowing what's going to transmit it and what they can touch and whether their clothes are contaminated or whether their car is and whether they can go home to be with their kids. Point we have to, you know, do crowd control, do enforcement, stop cars, make sure, you know, that the laws are being upheld. But at the same time, we're going to make sure that our officers are protected, our officers are safe, and it's tough to do with uh, something that you can't see. With this virus, you can't see it, you don't know where it is. You don't know who has it. You don't know where it's coming from. In addition, the impact to the residents puts such a strain on them that we're seeing side uh, issues, not just with the virus, but um, with people's feelings and and depression in that, that just sometimes bring out difficult sides. 
obviously we want to make sure that we're taking care of everybody that's, that's ill, but that we're doing it in a safe way. That's why you might see differences um, with how we respond to your house now. Uh, we, we're a little more cautious and we gather more information um, just to make sure that we're keeping our personnel safe and keeping you safe at the same time. Uh, so like the rest of the industry, we've had to fig figure it out as we go. And it's really just been impressive to watch the dedication of our staff deal with patients, service our community uh, about this uh, unknown um, disease, uh, particularly in the beginning. So um, watching them gear up on a daily basis to put on their PPE equipment and to take such compassionate care of patients uh, for many times where they can't have visitors, they are the family uh, of the patient. You know, my goal when I go to work is to have grace and compassion on especially my coworkers who are so stressed. You know, we all have families, we all gotta get through this together, we're all a community, and, and uh, it's just changed the way we interact with people. Prayer is so important, and I think uh, during, during this year, um, we probably found that we're praying more, uh, looking for guidance, for spiritual guidance, and for some direction and answers. Um, so keeping us, uh, Milford Fire Department in your prayers is, uh, is very much appreciated and um, something that we definitely can use. I think praying for our safety, uh, for us as first responders, but also for our families, because we do go home at the end of our shift and, and we put them at risk. And I'd include the community at large as well, because again, this is a big challenge for them, not just with the illness, but especially with the holidays coming up, which is a difficult time for many. Uh, being isolated will just add even more. Well, I think in this second wave, um, while we have systems in place and, and we have probably more PPE, which personal protective equipment, and testing is more available, um, I think the stress of going through it again is really overwhelming to people. And so I think just praying for people's emotional uh, comfort and psychological comfort uh, and you know asking God to give them strength and hope in the midst of this that that it will it will end and that God will help us see us through it. I, I think uh, keeping in mind um, uh, our employees our, our, our medical staff in terms of taking care of patients is really what comes to mind but when you talk to our staff often they're not really thinking of themselves they're thinking of their patients but they're also thinking of their own family. I mean, for, for them, getting sick is, is more the risk of it bringing them home to their family members, to their parents, uh, uh, to their spouses, and to their children. And so I think thinking of, of the employee as a whole and what they're doing every day with themselves, with the patient, and their family is really what needs to be kept in mind. And we're so grateful for, for you taking the time to do that. I'd say in general, just keep praying for the country. Um, Pray for your local police departments, your local fire departments, your hospitals, any first responder, any public safety worker, um, the person at the grocery store, because we're all the ones that have to work during this pandemic. Um, just pray for the safety of everybody, for our families, um, the health, health of the nation. I think that's what matters. We're all in this together, and I think that's what we all need to remember, that we're, you know, we're a community that sticks together and we pray for each other. Ed, it's an awesome privilege to stand here on behalf of the faith community and the Bethany Community Church and to present 
a citation of acknowledgement from Senator Ryan Fatman, which reads, be it known that the Massachusetts Senate whereby extends its congratulations to Edward J. Kelly, to Chief David Kersey, and the Menden Police Department. In recognition of your unending dedication to protecting and preserving the health and well-being of the community through this pandemic, and to your entire team, that has prioritized the service and safety of everyone before your own. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you. Just like to thank you and thank Bethany Church, and uh, thank you for your prayers. Um, keep praying for all the public safety people out there, and you know the uh, all the first responders and the hospital and. Thank you so much for your sacrificial service in the year 2020. On behalf of the Milford Fire Department, thank you, Pastor Phil. We really appreciate the, the recognition and um, we thank you for keeping us in your prayers. I think that captures it really well. God bless you and you will remain in our prayers. On behalf of our team, I accept this here at Milford Regional. Thank you for thinking of us and keeping you in your prayers. Thank, thank you. you. We'll get through this together. I think the prayers of all of us saying it together, we'll get it through and, and uh, we'll, we'll be better on the other end of this knowing a lot more. That's right, you so, got it, God bless you. God bless you, thank you. As you can see, we are really blessed in this community to have some incredible compassionate, caring professionals who put, as we said, put our lives before their own every day. And we're so appreciative of that. We're also appreciative of, of our state government. We appreciate uh, uh, Governor Baker and prioritizing our churches getting reopened back in the end of May. We really appreciate it. So we're delighted to have a representative from our state government here today, uh, Jason King. Legislative Director for Sen Senator Ryan Fatman. I'm going I'm to turn it over to him, and he's going to be introducing Chief Kessler. <laughs> A nice break from the mask. That's why I let you up here. <laughs> Good morning, Bethany Community Church. Good morning. My name is Jason King, and I'm State Senator Ryan Fatman's Legislative Director. Unfortunately, Senator Fatman couldn't make it here this morning, so we asked if I could come and share a few words on his behalf. And I have to say that I'm humbled and extremely grateful to be here this morning. I'm grateful because one, God is so good, amen. And two, Senator Fatman and his entire office, myself included, sincerely appreciate all of our first responders and all of the support personnel that enable them to excel at their job of always protecting our communities and being there to help our neighbors who are wearied and burdened and brokenhearted. Our first responders' dedication to serving others, especially during a pandemic, has shown us what they are truly made of. The same can be said for our incredible healthcare workers. They have been at the ready this entire pandemic. Even when they didn't have the PPE they needed early on in this crisis, they bravely held the line until we could get some in, which I can attest to you, Senator Fatman and his wife, Stephanie, put in significant time and effort and to get in our healthcare workers the equipment they needed. For our healthcare workers, I just have to say that if the way they handled themselves early on in the pandemic is any indication of future success in the ongoing battle with COVID-19, then the health of our local communities is in good hands. 
On behalf of Senator Fatman, I want our first responders and healthcare workers to know how grateful we are for them and their families. I know it's been a tough year in many ways for many people, myself included. So I just want to finish this morning by saying, and I need to preach this to myself continuously, that regardless of how difficult life can get at times, there is always something that we can be grateful for. For me, I'm grateful to the Lord that I have breath in my lungs, and I'm thankful that we have a creator and sustainer who loves us enough to give us first responders and healthcare workers. Thank you, and I hope everyone has a blessed day. And uh, before I leave the stage, I'd like to uh, invite Chief Kessler up to present an official citation on behalf of Senator Fadman. And uh, we just wanted to let you know, Chief, how uh, appreciative we are of you and your personnel and uh, just everybody in the town of Menden. And now I'll read the citation. Commonwealth of Massachusetts State Senate, official citation. Be it known that the Massachusetts Senate hereby extends its congratulations Fire Chief William Kessler and the Menden Fire Department in recognition of your unending dedication to protecting and preserving the health and well-being of our community through this pandemic and your entire team that has prioritized the service and safety of everyone before their own. And be it further known that the Massachusetts Senate hereby extends its best wishes for continued success, that this citation be only signed by the President of the Senate and attested to and a copy thereof transmitted by the Clerk of the Senate. And it's signed by the President of the Senate, Karen E. Spilka, Michael D. Hurley, Clerk of the Senate, and it's offered by your State Senator, Ryan Fatman, and it's signed today, November 29th, 2020. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you so much. For Thank, you, Thank you, Jason. Thank you for your selfless service and sacrifice. I'm very honored and humbled to be here in front of you uh, today. Um, for you thinking of us first responders, uh, the medical personnel, uh, it's pretty tough to follow up on that video. Um, very well put together to whoever did that, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a tough period of time for, for all of us, especially the first responders, um, from the simple thing of having to close our fire stations to the public um, to the little kids who, who look up to us, uh, making sure that we're protected, worrying about whether we're bringing it home to our families or not. Uh, and then even at home, because we know we need to go to work and we need to interact with other first responders, uh, whether it be police, fire, uh, the medical personnel. We don't want to take it from home to work, because if we do that, we then reduce the number of people that we have, the personnel, to provide the service to all of you. Um, so it's been tough, and it's been tough for us. I certainly appreciate your thoughts, your prayers. Um, ask for them to continue. We do still have at least a few months of this to go. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful and thankful for those who work in the labs who are working so hard to try and get us something to stop this or at least to, to dwindle it down to a manageable level, and, and hopefully we do get there soon. I'd also like to just kind of reiterate what I mentioned in the video, too. Um, in a way, we are all first responders. 
we need to keep in mind those that are affected by this beyond the medical personnel and the first responders. Uh, we go out and we do treat people who are suffering from the virus, but we also interact with people who are indirectly impacted, whether it be from depression, um, from the loss of somebody else, um, the, the angst, the, the difficulty in being locked up at home and, and the need to, to vent. Uh, the police see that an awful lot and it makes it very difficult on them. So I ask that you also keep all those affected um, by this virus, whether directly or indirectly, uh, in your prayers as well. Um, there's eight billion people in the world and I look at it as an eight billion piece of uh, a puzzle. Um, the first responders may just be the ones and the medical personnel may be the ones performing the edge of that to kind of protect everybody inside. But we need all eight billion people working together and praying to get through this. So let's all be first responders. Let's pray for each other and, and I know we will get there. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. And uh, I had the privilege of getting to know Bill in the last few months, and it's a great man right there, and a man with has compassion. And first thing I noticed is he put the word compassion on your business cards, and I really appreciate that. Um, and let, let me, before I get into the message today that I want to share with all of you and with our first responders and healthcare workers, let me just introduce you to the team, the VCC uh, First Responder Healthcare Workers Sunday team who really put everything together today. Uh, th that's Chris and uh, Melissa Mills, and uh, they and their small group up there uh, put together, which uh, one of them is a healthcare worker, Donna Peterson, they put together the baskets that we delivered to the police departments and fire departments, and they were, in, they were really, that was nice, wasn't it, Bill? Was it good? The yeah. baskets, are they? Okay. Just wanted to start using And, uh, and of course, Amanda and Jeremy Smith are very instrumental in helping us with the planning and the ideas. And of course, my son Jason McCutcheon did the, uh, Pastor Jay did the video and did all the editing and all of that. He did a great job, right? So give them a hand. <clears throat> so in the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about why we honor first responders and healthcare workers. Why we're doing this today? First of all, it's the obvious reason that we've already stated that. Healthcare workers, first responders, are the people who routinely put uh, our lives before their own. But beyond that, I have, a, I have a religious reason that I honor you today and that I'm deeply touched by, and that is this, that you are embodying the nature and character of the God that I love and serve. You're embodying the nature and the character of Jesus that I love. Uh, you may not even be a religious person. And uh, by the way, I re uh, invite all of those who are watching and welcome all of you who are watching by live stream. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thank you so much for joining us today. So you might, you might uh, be, be at home watching this and you say, I'm not really a religious person, but don't be so sure. Don't be, you know what the word religious means? The word religious comes from a Latin word, uh, ligere, and ligere means to connect. Ligere means to bind. And you put the prefix re in front of it, it means to reconnect. 
to rebind, to reconnect. When the Bible says that God is love, God is love. And so, and, and it says, it says, he that loveth is of God. So even if you, maybe you're more religious than you think. <laughs> because when you show love and when you show compassion and when you show care for another human being, you are reflecting the image of God. You are being according to the actual word religion. I'm sure you imagine religion has to do with ceremonies and church services and all of that. And it does. That's fine. We believe in all of that. But it actually goes deeper. In fact, I would rather see a person who is showing love and compassion than just someone who goes to church services sometimes, right? Uh, God is love and love is of God. So when you love, you're connecting people with the presence of God. June Lozier is a lady who attends our church. She's just got out of the hospital yesterday, matter of fact, having her own struggles and with some uh, situations in her own physical body. But she's a charge nurse at a lung care health care facility. And um, uh, she sent me an essay, really not really knowing what the service was going to be about. And I don't think she was even aware. I'm not sure she was aware of the service when she wrote the essay. But she sent me an essay uh, as sort of a catharsis for her of the stress that she's gone through in managing a long-term care health facility. And, and she wrote it in, uh, as uh, kind of a, 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 a healing for her to, to express. She wanted her pastor to hear the beauty but the stress that she's been under. And she told me uh, uh, one particular story, which she told me in the essay, and then we also talked about it on the phone. And it was a Mrs. Donnelly who's in her, her facility. She had a number of these stories, by the way, but this one particularly touched me. A Mrs. Donnelly who's in her facility, who, uh, whose son would come before coronavirus would come to see her every day. Every night, her son would come, and they would watch Jeopardy together. And her son would uh, give her a kiss and leave. And when uh, coronavirus happened, Mrs. Donnelly struggled with some level of dementia, so she was confused as to why her son wasn't coming. They even got him on FaceTime, but that still, that, that didn't make sense to her. And, and, and she was, started to walk the halls and eventually stopped eating and stopped getting out of bed because she, she told the staff, I think my son is dead. And for her, life was over. It's what you alluded to, the depression and the difficulties of the lockdown. And uh, uh, she, so the staff began to do what they do. They begin to do that God thing that they do. Every night they would go in, they'd rub her back. They'd minister to her. And she said one day she goes into work, and they tell her that Mrs. Donnelly is probably dying. She goes into her room, and she did not want... Now, this, is where, this, is, this shows you a perfect picture of where our healthcare workers are right now with this. She, she said she did not want this dear lady to pass away without the human touch. So she went into her room, pulled her gloves off, took her mask off, put her lips on the woman's cheek as the woman breathed her last breath. And she looked down and she saw tears had gone down her cheeks into her eyes as she breathed her last breath. What was that? What was that? My title of my message today is Near Pain, Near God. I believe that is the presence of God through compassion. Here's what she said in her essay. Uh, let me give you a couple of quotes that I think that really spoke to me. First of all, the first one, 
speaks to the position that our nurses and doctors are in and many others. And the second was speaks to the presence of God that is where there is pain, there is God. That, that, that verifies that. She said this, Nurses have to be so much more than nurses. We are comforters, handholders, singers to soothe, and often are the last face, the last touch these lovely people see or hear or feel on this earth. Then she said in regard to why she wrote the essay, she said, one would think that the reason I need to heal, now notice this is the, this is the healer needing to heal, one would think that the reason I need to heal is that I am depleted and sad. But quite the opposite is true. When I attend and set vigil as someone dies, a piece of their heart stays in my heart. I have a visual picture of my heart expanding just to make room for the future patients. That coincides with Psalms chapter 34, a time in David's life that I won't take the time to go into, but maybe at another time we'll talk about what was happening in King David's life. It was a, he was having his own pandemic or something, some, something equally catastrophic in his own personal life when he wrote these words. For the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all their troubles. Notice trouble. God showing up where there's trouble. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves though her crushed in spirit. You know, the question of human suffering is complex. Why people suffer, why we have our hearts broken, and why we feel pain is very complex. But the fact that Jesus came to earth and suffered answers the more imminent question. We say, why do we suffer? Why do we have pain? But the fact that Jesus came to earth as a suffering Savior answers a more imminent question, and that is, where is God when it hurts? The incarnation, which is what we mean when we say that Jesus came in the flesh. It was God in the flesh. When Jesus came in the flesh, which we call the incarnation of a suffering Savior, tells me for certain that where there is the presence of pain, there is the presence of God. You know, when there's a problem to be solved, I try, I find that trying to figure out who's to blame is mostly a waste of time. I like people who come on the scene who want to solve the problem. Uh, I just have that experience in my own life that where there's pain, there's God, and where there's God, there is goodness, and where there is goodness, there is hope. We find God in the fires of suffering. That's where we find him. There's that story in the Old Testament where a, an arrogant, egomaniacal king builds a statue of himself and demands that everybody worship it. And when, when three Hebrew men wouldn't bend and wouldn't bow, he throws them into this fire, furnace that he had got it so hot that the men who threw them in were killed by the flames. And uh, he put three men in, and then the scripture records him saying this as he looked at the flames in Daniel 3.25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. In this destructive 
death-dealing fire. Guess who was in the fire? The Son of God. He could have been anywhere, but God chose to manifest himself in the fire. In the fire of suffering is where God manifests himself. We see this throughout the scriptures. We see a single mother in the book of Genesis named Hagar who was abused, kicked out of her home, ended up in the desert with her son, and she didn't want to watch her son die, so she put him up to the side and walked away from him to let him die alone. And the, the boy began to cry out to the Lord, and she hears the angel of God speak and says, Don't be afraid, Hagar. God has heard the boy crying. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And then she looked and she discovered a well that would save them from dying of thirst in the desert. And she went and drank from the well. And later she went back to that well and she named it Bir Laroi, which means this is the well where God saw me. Where were God's eyes on someone who was suffering, someone in pain, near God? Near pain, near God. That's how it is. Then, of course, there's the story of the disciples. The disciples who were out on the stormy sea and uh, encountered a sudden storm on the Sea of Galilee. And someone uh, who researched this did the math and figured that they had, they were, the Bible says that they were facing contrary winds. Contrary winds. Uh, things that are pushing against you. How, how many these days are facing some contrary winds in your life? Some of you are facing contrary winds in your, in your career. Some of you are facing contrary winds in your health. Some of you are facing contrary winds in your marriage. Some of you are contra facing contrary winds in your mental state right now. And, 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 and that's a very important word to me right now in, in the world today. We're facing contrary winds. But anyway, somebody did the math and figured it took them eight hours to go three to four miles. That's... That's a bad storm. Imagine how tired you would feel. And they look out in the storm and they saw what they thought was a ghost. You know, sometimes when God starts to send you the answers, the answers frighten you. Sometimes when God begins to bring help to you, it doesn't look like help. And they looked and they actually said, it's a ghost. And they were more frightened than ever now. But then they heard the voice of Jesus saying, it is I be not afraid. Here we have it, a fiery furnace, God is in it. We have an abused single mom dying in the desert, God is there. We have the disciples on the stormy sea, Jesus is there. Life is filled with these persistent examples that the storms of life bring us the gifts that we get no other way. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite writers, said this, If you ask people to look back on their lives, and tell you when they experience the reality of God, they almost always tell you about a period of suffering and loss. When everything else fell out from under me, when I dropped into the void, God was there. If you ask people, when did you really grow spiritually in your life? What event really changed you? They never say it was during the happiest days of my life. They always say it was during the hardest days of my life. See, a lot of you are looking for God in a beautiful sunset or a beautiful mountain range or a Brooklyn, uh, Rippling Brook, uh, or, or a beautiful religious ceremony, or a raucous rock and roll praise service. <laughs> and yes, God is in all those things. But God shows up the biggest and the greatest in our catastrophes, in our pain, 
That's where he's allowed. In fact, that same writer, C.S. Lewis, said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. He said, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. When pain is near, God is near. Let me tell you my, uh, a little personal story from my own life. And those of you who attend Bethany all the time, you've heard this story. But I know we have some guests today, and we have guests via live stream. So it, I don't get tired of telling this story, because every time I tell it, I feel the emotions of that day, and I feel the emotions of feeling the nearness of God when I was panicking. As you know, I, I had a couple of... Uh, uh, brushes with cancer five years ago, then three years ago. And uh, the uh, Dr. Constantine down at Dana-Farber wanted to stage the cancer, so he sends me for a bone scan, which I didn't think much about. I, here's a guy, you know, I, I, I was uh, 59 years old, or 60 years old, and, and, and had hardly been to the doctor in my life, you know. Go for the physical exam. A physical. Uh, I would go for a physical every couple of years, but that was it. And so, getting poked and prodded and pictured and all that was not. It was a new experience for me. So I, I remember that day. I went for the, go for the bone scan, which I hadn't thought much about. And I go down and get the injection of the dye and go home. And I sat in my easy chair and I had a panic attack. I'm thinking, bone scan. Why do they want to do that? <laughs> you know, that means. I could possibly have bone cancer, and I've ministered to a lot of people with all kinds of cancer, and bone cancer is a bad one, and a lot of people don't make it, and it's, there's a lot, of, a lot of pain involved. And so I, I panicked, and, and you know, here I've been preaching for 40 years, and I've read the Bible through a few times. I couldn't even, I, I said, I need a word from you, God. I was praying. I said, God, I need a word from you, and of course, the, the Bible is where I usually go to get a word from God. And uh, I, I need a word from you, and, 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 and I couldn't think of any place to go read. Now, I've been thinking of this verse, though, for a week, this verse that says uh, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. I've been thinking about that verse. I had no idea where it was. No idea. So I take my iPad and hit the Bible app, and I knew Psalms was a, was a, was, Psalm had a lot of comforting verses. So I hit, Psalm, I hit 34. I didn't know why I hit 34. And I begin to read. I read part of it to you a while ago in the beginning of the sermon. And I read. It was nice. And all of a sudden, I get down to verse 19, and it says, The righteous person has many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. That's the verse I've been thinking about. So I said, you know, I go, I go back and forth from being an atheist to being a Christian constantly. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. you know, I just, so... I said, I was thinking, I believe there's a God, <laughs> which is very, very good when, when, you, when, you're, when your job depends on it. <laughs> it's very good to, to be a theist, at least, you know? So I thought, that's really cool. There's the scripture I've been thinking about for a week. But then I wasn't prepared for the next part of the verse, and you can see it on the screen. He protects all his bones, you know? Immediately, I felt better, right? Wouldn't you? Felt better. But, but the point of the story is not that I did or didn't have bone cancer. That's not the point of the story. Plenty of good people have gotten bone cancer. Plenty of people that God loves and they love God have gotten bone cancer. That's not the point of the story. 
The point of the story is when I was in a panic, God showed up. The first, God, the, the, the ultimate first responder, the Holy Spirit, showed up. That's what this is about. And I go down to, to uh, the hospital, and a nice young lady was doing the, 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 the scan that day. And we got done with the scan, and she said to me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not the, the oncologist. He has to read this. And so she made it clear she wasn't giving me the diagnosis. But she said, uh, she said your bones are beautiful. <laughs> and, 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 they, and I saw the x-ray, and they actually were quite beautiful, actually. <laughs> you know... Sometimes I, I'm sure that I'm nicer than God because I think to myself, you know, I, I, actually tell, I actually tell God this. I said, God, if I were you and you were me, I would heal me. <laughs> and I don't understand why he doesn't heal me sometimes when I want Sometimes I've been healed. But what I can't deny is he shows up. What I can't deny is his presence, his power, his word shows up. And when I understand something, when I understand that suffering is not God's failure to act, but his opportunity to act, I become his image bearer. That's why I'm saying this to you first responders and healthcare workers. I'm saying that you have a head start on the rest of us for being God's image bearers and God's glory reflectors. Because you are acting as God and Christ. Christ looked down at a painful, suffering world. And rather than staying in heaven, he left his heavenly home. And he came and immersed himself in a catastrophic nightmare of sin that we had created for him. He ran to the pain instead of running away from it. And that's what first responders and healthcare workers do. I know we all, I, that, that image is burned in my brain of 2016, uh, July of 2016 in Dallas, Texas, when a shooter shot and killed five Dallas police officers. And there's that image of the, the crowd running away from the hail of bullets and the police officers running toward them. That epitomizes what first responders do every day. And I know a lot of you, and me included, did not realize how much goes on in our community. I was just talking to one of our police officers in the first service this morning. He began to tell me stories of things that happen right in our community that equal as tragic an event that happens anywhere in the world. But thank God for people that run toward the pain instead of running away from it. It is, it is the image-bearing virtue that God puts in our lives, that we run toward what is broken instead of running away from it. What you have, my friends, is not a job, but a calling. That's what you have. I hope today that you will receive our gratitude, you will accept our blessing, and that you, in your own personal heart, will look to Christ as the ultimate rescuer, the ultimate first responder, the ultimate first responder to the humanitarian catastrophe that we're all living in, even without a pandemic. I want to pray for you. I want to pray, dedicate this prayer to all healthcare workers, all first responders, all EMTs, all who are working in long-term healthcare facilities, 
a group that's kind of neglected, we don't think about much, is the hospice workers, the hospice nurses, the hospice chaplains who go and look at death and dying every single day of their lives. I want to pray for you, and I want to pronounce a blessing over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I express my gratitude for the people who put their lives on the line and put our lives before their own every single day. Thank you that they accepted that calling. They could be working in industry. They could be working in sales. They could be working in a, a, a thousand other things, but they've chosen to put their lives in a place of service to humanity. So I say thanks to you for them. Thanks that they bear the image of God, and may we learn something, and as Chief Kessler said, may we all become first responders. And Father, I just pray a blessing on them, a blessing of protection for their physical health, a blessing of joy to their emotional health, and a, a, a blessing of spiritual energy for their spiritual health. I pray all of these things, and I bless them and pronounce a blessing over this entire uh, Worcester County and the state of Massachusetts and the United States and those who are exercising such excellent care of us these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.